Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello there, welcome to a brand new Arseblog Arsecast, right here on Arseblog.com. I hope you're well, and I hope you've recovered however last weekend affected you, and I think it affected everybody in, well, more or less the same way. It was like, hooray, and then, oh, oh, that's not so good. I was really happy there for a while, and now I'm not. I would liken it, for example, to somebody giving you a superpower, that first half where we played so well, imagine it would be like being Spider-Man or Superman and being able to fly or shoot webs and go pew, 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 flying around the place. And you're thinking, this is brilliant. I love this. This is one of the best things that's ever happened. And then they take it away from you, but slowly. So you can only fly a little bit and then you're flying a little bit lower or a little bit lower. Or your web doesn't shoot quite as far as it did or it's not as strong That's what it felt like. From the high of being a superhero to the low of being an ex-superhero. And everybody knows, well, ex-superheroes, they just find solace in the bottle. Or morphine patches. Because they just can't handle the come down. And I think many Arsenal fans would have been in much more dire straits had it not been for some of the other results that weekend. Because... We were giveneth, and then they tooketh awayeth from us. Because that first half was really, really good. You see, we played very, very well indeed and scored excellent goals. And we're 4-0 up. And in my lifetime, and I'm sure in yours, I've never seen Arsenal not win a game having gone 4-0 up. And, you know, you could say it's perhaps... Uh, overconfidence or anything, but you're 4-0 up. And even with 10 men, you should be able to hang on. First half, good. Second half, terrible. And a couple of things happened. Obviously, Juru got injured, and that wasn't good because he's good. And Skilachi isn't quite as good. He's having some bad moments, it has to be said. He looks like a man who was given a superpower, and then it got taken away. And he can't handle it. And he's sitting at home listening to Tracy Chapman records. Which would explain a lot because there's nothing quite as depressing as a Tracy Chapman record. No, that fast car song? Jesus Christ. That is one of the most depressing songs of all time. And that's what's happening to Scalacci. He's sitting at home listening to Tracy Chapman and Suzanne Vega. And it's doing him no good. Someone needs to get a bit of Wang Chung into that man, and he'll be, he'll be better. But anyway, that happened, and then there was the sending off, 
where Barton's tackle was a little bit naughty, I have to say, kind of reckless. Um, and Diaby took exception to it, having missed a great deal of his career through naughty tackles. This time it was too much. And he reacted in the only way he knew how, by slightly grabbing somebody around the neck and then very gently pushing them forward. And, and he fell forward and then got a red card. So uh, while I understand the fact that he reacted, and I do completely understand the fact if you've had your ankle nearly stamped off and your ankle nearly stamped off again and other bad tackles been perpetrated on you, I can understand reacting. But don't just sort of grab someone round the neck and then push them gently. Punch them in the face. At least, you know, three games is three games. Maybe you might get a bit more than three games, but at least then you can say that you've completely, you go, oh, well, I'm sorry, I totally lost my head. But he reacted and knew that he shouldn't really be reacting, but couldn't quite help himself and still got involved. So it was all a bit silly. And Barton's a cunt. Listen, I'm not trying to defend Barton at all. He's a wanker. He should have got a yellow card for his tackle on Arshavin. And he probably should have got a yellow uh, card for the tackle on Diaby. And Nolan, yeah, he should have been sent off as well for getting involved and uh, grabbing uh, Wojciech by the neck and all that kind of stuff. But Diaby, just he shouldn't have. And that was a turning point. And, well, we all know what happened from then on, from 4-0 to 4-4. And um, then you have stupid stuff going around like Interpol investigator. Oh, I don't know. How can you? I don't know. It's just freaky, that game. But uh, there you go. So I think we all have reacted in a way to that game and perhaps not felt as bad because of what happened subsequently because I went out then with uh, Mrs. Bloggs and uh, we had to go to something and we went along to the thing and I didn't check my phone for a while, and then I checked my phone, and I saw that Wolves had beaten Man United. And it made what happened with us not as bad. Not to excuse it in any way, but it made it not as bad. They lost, and then Chelsea lost the next day, and somehow, over the course of the weekend, despite throwing a four-goal lead away, we're better off. So I don't know quite how to explain it. A weird sequence of events, And then this week we've had, I don't know, maybe too much time to think about it or not think about it or not enough going on to put it out of our heads properly. If any of that makes any sense here, because there was the international break and the, the sort of mini interlull going on, which to me, um, it seemed to be just an excuse for members of the press to wank themselves into a frenzy over Jack Wilshire. England's saviour, the new Makaleli, doing the defensive role that England have missed. Oh, the hype, the hype, the hype, the hype. And then he played, and it was like, well, yeah, he was good, but, you know, not as good as I thought he was going to be or anything. Didn't get eight goals. or oh. He only played 45 minutes, which is a good thing. And he did well, and he'll come back feeling more confident and full of beans, and he'll have more of that going on. But he seems very happy with himself and his England shirt signed by all the rest of those cunts, apart from Theo. But there you go. We we operate on a different plane from the footballers. There's teammates when he plays for his country, and he doesn't necessarily want to, you know, eviscerate them in the same way that we do, and then take their remains and uh, put them in a leather sack, tie them to the back of a horse and parade them through town, shouting, this is what'll happen to you if you don't watch it. 
That could be just us, you see. Anyway, before we move on to talk about all the other bits and pieces uh, with our Arse Chat guest this week, here's Internet Joe. We're Internet Joe, and here's me 32nd roundup. Newcastle away, 4-0 half to a deadly. We're brilliant. Olay, olay, olay. Fast forward to full-time 4 all. Oh, jeez, I should be going mental. I'm not, though. I'll tell you why. I'm a very calm measured individual. It's all part of a conspiracy against Arsenal. Set up by the referees who are controlled by the Zionists, who are overseen by the aliens who control everything. And it's all Sebastian Scalacci's fault because he discovered their lair, but they had this device to make everyone forget, like in Men in Black. I swear it's true. Down with our alien overlords. More from Internet Joe on next week's Arscast. Still to come, we'll be looking ahead to the weekend and beyond. But now, to look back at what happened at Newcastle and the fallout ramifications and all the other bits and pieces going on, I'm delighted to welcome back to the Arscast Tim Stillman from Vital Arsenal. Hi, Tim. Hello there. You were at Newcastle, and um, the people yep. who were there, and people who watched it live on streams, and in the uh, in the stadium there was a live screening, and, and everybody who saw it. Um, how do you make sense of of what happened? Because um, at four 0 up, you you don't expect the team uh, to draw the game, even if they're down to ten men. And Arsenal have in the past played with ten men and gone on to win games. We saw it recently enough, I think, against against Huddersfield, and I know the quality of the opposition is a bit different, but but what was it like to watch that in the flesh, uh, so to speak? It was uh, it was completely baffling. In fact, what, what was quite strange about this time, I mean, I've seen, we've seen a few capitulations from Arsenal over the last two seasons or so. This one didn't quite have the same feeling as uh, when we were kind of walking out of Wigan and the Spurs game and the West Ham game. Um, last season, it didn't quite have the same feeling to it, and I can't, I haven't really been able to put my finger on why. In that it didn't feel as bad, or yeah, it. it I I don't know. I, I I really can't put my finger on it. It didn't feel um, like it was one hundred percent the team's fault, and the the rational part of me says, well, come on, when you're four nil up with twenty two minutes to go, you you can't really look anywhere but at yourselves, and I, I'd agree with that, but. It's it's really strange because I'm tempted to point to the sending off of Diaby and say, well, actually, that's probably the last player we needed sent off because what started to happen was that we just couldn't get the ball out of our half because there was no mm. buffer there. Um, and actually, I saw a stat that we our last shot on goal came on 67 minutes when we were 4-0 up. Um, so we were getting penned in. Um, but the fact is that there was a good 20 minutes um, between Diaby's red card and Newcastle's first goal, um, and uh, t- to be honest, at four-two, I-, I became convinced that they would come back into it at four-four. Um, I think it was a mixture of the fact that we couldn't, you know, we couldn't seem to hold on to the ball for any length of time, coupled with the fact that they were getting some really quite generous decisions. And I don't want to pin it all on the referee, um, but it. I think he rather got whipped along with the frenzy um, mm. of, of, of the comeback. And I think it, it came to a point where he actually wanted it to happen. That's exactly what uh, my friend sitting next to me said when he gave the penalty at 4-3. He just said he wants this to happen now. Um, and then you look at the fourth goal, and actually there's not a lot we could have done about the fourth goal. It was a great strike, which defended the free kick well. What can you do about it? I mean... I. I think on one hand, it does expose a lack of leadership at times at Arsenal. On the other hand, I look at the four goals and 
I don't see many massive errors in there either. So mm. it, it's a really strange one. And I, I think the best thing the team can do is write it off as a freak, even if we do have previous. Mm. Well, that's, that's what I was going to ask, because you mentioned those those games, the Spurs, the 4-4 game at home, and even the Spurs game this season, Wigan last season, where you know it, it's not quite the same thing, because I, I think you do, in a way, have to write it off as a freak, because 4-0... 4-0 down, even playing against 10 men, you, you just don't expect to see what happens. So it was kind of a once-in-a-lifetime thing. But the fact that it was a once-in-a-lifetime thing that happened against Arsenal, I don't think too many of us were that surprised. There's an amount of fatalism, isn't there, about, about Arsenal fans. When they scored the first goal, I was going, ah, well, 4-1. And, and, and when they got the second, I was thinking, on oh, you know, I kind of know how this is going to go. And maybe it's just the, yeah. the natural pessimism we have, but it is based a little bit on the fact that the team has, has got previous as you say well it is and um, I, you know I'll give you a good example when we went 3-0 up against Chelsea um, I don't think there's one person in the stadium who thought that game was over at 3-0 <laughs> uh, particularly when Chelsea got one back mm. you just felt the stadium drop and thought oh here we go again and uh, essentially you know there is um, though, though there is mitigation in what happened essentially I think I remember saying after the Spurs game back in November what we did with that result is we've made every game difficult for ourselves, no matter what. Because, mm. uh, and that, that message is reinforced now. Because even if we go three, four nil up, um, teams are going to say, "Well, we think we've still got a chance." And games where we should be looking to play it out. And you know, when we went four nil up on Saturday, I was thinking, "Oh, this is great. We can have Sesk off. We can get Van Persie off." You know, I, I, my, my mind started to to think like that. We can play this game out now, and it can be. Nice and easy, keep the ball, perhaps protect a few players, um, give some other players some minutes, perhaps. And um, yeah, it was, it, it was, it, it, it just makes things difficult in the future now. Because if we go, you know, we go two, three nil up against Wolves on Saturday, they're going to keep coming at us, and it's, mm. it's still not going to be an easy game when it should be. Well, the the other thing I suppose to, to to bear in mind is that we might not be down to ten men, and I think that 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 was a factor. But I take your take your point. The 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 strange thing about it, and we we we've talked about this being a freak. The the really strange thing about it is that it could have been a, a huge amount worse. And in the end, despite the fact what happened, uh, it was a net positive for Arsenal in in terms of the league. Chelsea lost at the weekend. Man United lost. Uh, to Wolves. So in the end, we ended up a point better off. Now, there's a sort of glass half full who will say, well, we're a point better off. There's the glass half empty who will say, well, you know, we could have been two points even closer to them. And I I suppose the the reality is, though, that we have to uh, we have to accept the fact we got out of jail a little bit and and look at what happened in an overall context. Uh, While not necessarily a positive, it, it really could have been a huge amount worse. Absolutely, and in fact, you know, if we'd have gone up to Newcastle, perhaps gone one nil down and got a late equaliser, um, you know, same net result, but the feeling would be a lot more positive. Um, that's that's not going to reveal itself for another few games because if there's a knock-on effect to this, then uh, which you hope there wouldn't be, but if mm. there is, then you know, obviously we have uh, made a bit of a loss. But um, yeah, certainly hearing the United result come in was 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 a huge boost because I, I caught some of the first half. At, um, at the train station, and, and it just looked to me like, you know, United were going to roll them over. Um, and actually, we just saw Wolves go 2-1 ahead, and we left, and none of us really took much interest in what happened next because we kind of thought, well, 
United are obviously going to go on and win. Um, and you know, to hear that hear that they hadn't obviously was uh, was a huge boost. And I, I'm not sure if this will transmit to the players, but I, I think it was a bit of a double boost for supporters mm. in that obviously it, pre- it preserves um, our our status as the invincibles. I think a few of us were beginning to get a bit twitchy about United possibly <laughs> doing it themselves. Um, and actually, that that kind of reinforced the good feeling—the fact that they can't do that anymore—and um, that that could have an effect on United as well. Um, now now they've lost this unbeaten record. It could be that they've lost a bit of an albatross because um, they've drawn a lot of games. But at, at the same time, we we don't know how they're going to react to this. Mm. Um, so it's the next couple of weeks will be very interesting on that score. Mm. I still tend to think that the title race, a large bearing on the title race, will be when we play United in April, and I think we have to beat them. Um, and I think if we beat them, um, I, I, I think we're in with a, with a superb chance. Mm, well, um, the, the overall effect on both teams well, won't be borne out for a few weeks yet. Well, I mean, we have to see. I mean, this is the thing. Generally, you, when this team suffers a bit of a setback, there is a knock-on effect. Um, and we've seen it in the past that, you know, the the uh, the Barcelona game last season where we lost 4-1, then lost to Spurs, then lost to Wigan, and, and they haven't necessarily reacted well. And, and what I'm sort of hoping for is that there is a bit of uh, the sense that we have here that it could have been worse, that the team has had a little bit of luck, that the result against um, uh, Newcastle, despite the fact we've maybe chucked away two points, what happened subsequently with Man United, um, it ends up being a positive. So they don't necessarily feel the weight of... I mean, if we'd ended up seven points behind on Saturday evening, I would be much more fearful than I am now that they wouldn't be able to react this weekend against Wolves. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and in fact, um, I, I think another factor is going to be... Um, it's it's I mean if we're all honest with ourselves, it's more than likely we're going to get knocked out by Barcelona of the Champions League. If they play as they've been playing this season, um, then we've one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh it's a it's a t shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at UH1.com. That's UH1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Very much underdogs for that. Um, and that, that could have a positive effect or it could have a negative effect. It could have a positive effect if it clears our calendar a bit. Um, where United and Chelsea, who I'm not, not ruling out the title race yet, um, 
where they're still involved, um, particularly Chelsea, who I think will start to really pull their resources into the Champions League and forget about the league this year. Um, but, you know, the, the possible knock-on effect if we were to go out to Barca, um, you know, how, how would we react to that? Would we see that as a positive? Would we see that as a negative? If we end up going through against Barca, will that then preoccupy us? Um, there's there's so many variables um, in in this kind of title race this season, and uh, to be honest, I'm I, I'm not thinking that much about any of them. I'm I'm just I'm really enjoying this season. Actually, I'm really enjoying where we are. Um, I think we're we're really in the race, and you know I'm I'm just I'm kind of relishing that a bit. Mm. Wolves is going to be a tricky enough game because obviously they're coming off the back of that. Uh, that result against Manchester United. And I have to say, of all the teams um, that I've seen in and around that end of the table, I think they're really unlucky to be down there because they gave us a brilliant game at at, at their place. Uh, that was a tough night. And I think, you know, that was a, a night that, um, from an Arsenal point of view, we, we learned a lot about the team, that it's capable of, of being strong and showing character and uh, withstanding uh, an onslaught. Um, and I've seen them against United, I've seen them against Chelsea, and they probably should have got more out of the games. So despite the, the fact they're low down in the table, um, they're going to come into this game full of confidence, having beaten United. And they'll know as well from last season that it was a really, really late goal, I think, from Nicholas Bentner uh, that, that got us the three points. So um, it's going to be an interesting game because of the way they're going to react and because of how we're uh, going to react or how we hope we're going to react. Yeah, and uh, also I, th- I think I saw a stat the other day that Wolves have a better record um, against the top eight this season than we do. Um, so they're obviously quite capable of raising their game. The thing is about Wolves is they, uh, I, th- I think they put a lot in as a team. They work very, very hard. Um, I think that has an effect on them physically and they tend to fade in games um, just off memory. They, they seem to lose a lot of games quite late on. Um, and they certainly lost late on to us, very, very late on to us um, at the Emirates last season. So I think that's something to bear in mind if we can't break them down straight away. Um, that, you know, we're, and I think we're at the opposite end of the scale. We tend to really come on at the end of games. Um, but obviously, having seen some of their results against some of the bigger teams this season, we can't take it lightly. And, and given some of our home results already this season, we can't take it lightly. I mean, this... The league this season is, um, has been a bit balmy like that mm. um, and been all the better for it, um, where every single, every single game is a tough one. There's, there's very few games I can recall this season uh, with Arsenal where I thought, yeah, we've, we've, had, we've had a really easy one today. Um, and Wolves, of course, they can, you know, we know they can be combative as well. Um, I'd be interested to see the sort of team he puts out. I wonder if he'll hold a couple of players back if he's got his eye on Barcelona, um, I think he'll put everything, and I think he should put everything into the Carling Cup final. Um, and I wonder if, not not major changes, but I wonder if there's there's one or two players who'll hold back actually mm. for Saturday. Um, I tend to hope not, but I, I kind of understand if he did. Mm. Barcelona, we'll look at it very quickly. Um, they're brilliant. There's there's no question about it. They're brilliant. They've got the best player in the world in in Messi. Uh, his scoring record is incredible. Uh, we know how good they are. Um, 
at the same time, we don't actually have anything to lose because we're going into this as underdogs. People are saying, well, you know, Arsenal can't defend and they can't do this, they can't do We don't actually have anything to lose. That if we go out to Barcelona, nobody is going to be that surprised. So, I mean, maybe that's something we can use. I, I think it's certainly something we can use. And I think this year, uh, fingers crossed, we'll be going in with a stronger team um, because, you know, it, 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 they did batter us at home last year. They, they really did give us a bit of a battering. And actually, it's one of the best displays of football I've ever seen, um, certainly in the first half from them. But, you know, people do forget we, we were level after the first leg and we went into the second leg without, what, Fabregas, Van Persie, Gelas, who was important to us at that stage, Arshavin, Song. I mean, we, we were just utterly bereft of players um, by that point. And I'm not saying we'd have beaten them had mm. we had those players. I think we could have given them a better game, though. Uh, someone like Van Persie, who can create something out of nothing. Ditto Fabregas. They didn't really cope with Walcott last year. And they didn't really cope with Bentner, either. Um, not just because of his goal in the new camp, but I mean, I mean, he, he set that uh, the cess chance up when we got the penalty in the first leg, and actually, when we became a little bit more direct, um, there was something to be had from their defence. And I think if we can get Fabregas, you know, pinging balls into Walcott, we, we might get some change there. I mean, you know, we're we're never ever going to stop them scoring over two legs. Um, <laughs> our best chance. I think is to outscore. Of course, we've got to try and be solid, but we can score a goal. There's goals for us um, over these two legs, and I think probably our best chance is to outscore them. Um, how we stop them? No idea. Absolutely <laughs> none. I think I don't think anybody has a clue. No. Anyway, we'll we'll see and keep fingers crossed that uh, they can match them at least. I think you're right. You know, in the sense that it's going to be goals for goals, and um, if we can yeah. defend a little bit better than we did. Yeah. in the other games against them. I think there's there's uh, there's every chance that we can at least make a good go of it and not not be out of it by halftime in the second leg. Anyway, Tim, we better yeah. leave it there. Thank you very much indeed. Um, we'll talk to okay. you again on another Arscast. Certainly. It's been a pleasure. Cheers. Thank you very much indeed to Tim. You can find him at Vital Arsenal, which is arsenal.vitalfootball.co.uk or you can find him on Twitter. It's twitter.com forward slash little dutch va that's twitter.com forward slash little dutch va now before we go on a number of people have expressed an interest uh, in rehearing something that i think was at the start of last season or the season before i can't remember but during the summer was trying to come up uh, with some new characters for the arse cast and given the emergence of johan juru um i want to give this one more play for all the people that have requested it uh, this is for you You know, on the back of that jingle, I was approached uh, by an agent who said that Sky One were looking for a pilot episode of Johan Juru Part Jew Part Kangaroo. Yeah, seriously, they wanted a sitcom. Mm-hmm. Well, they made uh, Footballers' Wives, didn't they? In that other program where it was made up of Premier League footage and a team that wore kind of a light purple or pink football shirt. What was that called? I can't remember what it was called. They were called Melchester Rovers, or... No, that was Roy the Rovers, wasn't it? They were Melchester. But anyway, it was this crap football show where they put these actors and made it look like they were playing football against real footballers. 
And it didn't look terribly convincing at all. But that was back in the day when Andy Gray had a job and stuff. They didn't like the pilot. Said Seinfeld did it better, apparently. But what do they know? Anyway, here's Arshavin. Hello, I am Arshavin and uh, I'm having a strange week because uh, still trying to understand what happened um, last weekend. I am a long time doing this and uh, have never seen something like this before. And I know that uh, Arsenal fans have also never seen anything uh, like this. It is a great shock to everybody at club. Don't uh, quite know how to react how to uh, what is what uh, how to feel on inside obviously uh, is uh, something we have to get used to and uh, i hope uh, well not hope but i don't think uh, we will ever uh, see again in future we had a meeting after Newcastle game, and uh, managers say mm, not much because uh, we all understand, but uh, then he tells us that uh, Van Persie and Fabregas not go on international uh, duty because they are sick. And Fabregas say, I am sick like uh, Ryan Giggs is sick when it comes to international. And the boss say, yes, like uh, like this. And Van Persie say, I am sick like Ryan Giggs sick. And the boss say, yes, you are you are sick like this. The boy say, boss, I am sick like Ryan Giggs is sick. And boss say, no, boy. You are sick in head. But uh, we don't have money to fix you now. The boy cry, but uh, he does that a lot. More from Arshavin on an Arscast in the very near future. Now, you know the way earlier on I said it seemed as if everybody had come back from international duty uninjured. Well, I grow suspicious. Normally on a Thursday evening... Late Thursday afternoon, but certainly by this time on a Thursday evening, there's a post up on the official website with injury news and team news ahead of the weekend's game. And it's Arsene saying, well, this guy's injured and this guy's leg fell off and that guy somehow has developed spina bifida and will be out for the season. I'm looking at the official site now and I'll just have another click while I'm here and I refresh and no, not a thing. Not one bit of team news, which leads me to believe that everybody is injured and out for the weekend. That's the only conclusion I can draw from it. Either everybody's fit and healthy, or everyone's out. And this is Arsenal, and we know what our injury record is like, so clearly everybody is out. Which could be a bit of a problem. Wolves will be coming on the back of that win against Manchester United, full of confidence, and they've got a great record against the uh, the bigger sides uh, this season. And we know they're a good team because when we played them um, at Molyneux, oh, well, that was quite the game. I think Shamak scored twice, one very early and one very, very late. 
And in the middle of that, there were about five brilliant saves by Fabianski, and Wolves played very, very well indeed. And we really had to dig in and defend and scrap out uh, the result that night. So um, I hope that uh, the team we put out on Saturday won't be too, um, what's the word I'm looking for, won't dwell too much on what happened last weekend at Newcastle. Newcastle, uh, Wolves rather, are going to come full of confidence. We can't go into this game thinking that what happened against Newcastle could happen again because that would be disastrous because uh, the run of fixtures that we have is just um, so important. So we've got to pick ourselves up and we've got to react well. And we've had players who have had a week off, uh, Sesk and Van Persie, who have been sick. Hopefully they've been around the training ground and lifting the spirits of those who've been uh, still there and those who are away on international duty have been able to free their minds of the trauma of Newcastle and all that kind of stuff. Um, because after Wolves, we've got Barcelona in midweek. So I think there's enough of a gap between uh, Saturday and Wednesday that he's probably going to play as strong a team as possible tomorrow against Wolves and as strong a team as possible on Wednesday against Barcelona. And then, of course, there is the, um, there's the, uh, the game against uh, Orient in the FA Cup, so he can rest a few players for that. So he's got time to rest players, even with the Carling Cup final coming up and all that kind of stuff. So we've got to hope that they can pick themselves up and not uh, get too downtrodden by the uh, by the Newcastle game and, and get three points, which are hugely important, not just from the league point of view, but because going into the Barcelona game, you don't want any kind of demoralizing home defeat or home draw when you should win against uh, a team like Wolves. And I don't mean a team like Wolves in the sense that they're shit-cunt bastards. I just mean that the, that's a team you should expect to beat or would hope to beat um, at home in the league on any given season, given the fact we are Arsenal and they are Wolves. and You know you know what I'm saying. And then midweek Barcelona. Well, that's going to be some game. I think it's going to be a closer game than it was last season, provided we don't pick up any more injuries along the way. Um, Sesc will be there and Van Persie's there. And, you know, fingers crossed we can give them a right good go because... Uh, they're going to score goals. I think we can score goals. Defensively is where both teams are weaker. Certainly they're stronger than us. Um, offensively, having Messi and him being the best player pretty much ever. But it's going to be an awesome game. So fingers crossed. We can go into that game on the back of a good result against Hull. And we can take it from there. And this time next week, we're sitting here talking about how the return leg in Barcelona is going to be something awesome. Now, I know we were talking about the return leg in Barcelona being something awesome uh, last season, but then there were all those injuries, and we had Sylvester then. Let's never forget that we had Sylvester, the center of our defense, standing, looking at Messi. Here you go, Messi. Score a goal. Don't mind if I do. So uh, let's keep everything crossed for that. And in the meantime, before that second leg, there's uh, a small matter of Carling Cup final and all that kind of stuff. But until uh, next week's Irish cast, when we'll be looking ahead to the FA Cup and a midweek game against Stoke, um, take it very easy. Have a good one. Talk to you all weekend and all next week on the blog and, of course, on next week's Sarscast. Until then, cheers. Bye-bye.
Hi, this is a statement on behalf of the alien overlords referred to earlier in the Internet Joe piece. We'd just like to say that we've taken legal action against this website for spreading false and malicious rumors about our influence over the game of football. I would like to assure everybody listening that Phil Dowd, despite being one of us, is completely and utterly impartial at all times. As is Mike Riley, Howard Webb, and all the other referees who are also one of us. But that's got nothing to do with anything. We remain utterly professional until the end. And I can assure you all that we don't have any bias whatsoever towards those cocksucking, motherfucking, dick-licking, shit-cunt fuckbags that are Arsenal. Absolutely not. We treat those cunts the same way as we treat every other team. And any suggestion otherwise is completely and utterly false. Now please, stare into this little black stick. Good. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 